people who shut down, people who get defensive without being able to be curious, people who are retaliating against you because you asked a question, you know, all of that stuff. Yes, those are toxic. And then, of course, there are like toxic, just straight up actions. But again, these should still be discussed. Taking your work, not giving you credit. That should be discussed. That's not a, well, they did it. There's nothing to say. No, you need to be like, hey, I noticed this happened. Was this intentional? Because this is how I experienced it. Are you going to go back and put my name on that? Like you can still have a conversation even about actions that seem really obviously bad. Hello, hello. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. Okay, I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I'm trying to learn something new or integrate something new in my life, I really need to see it written down. I need a framework to understand how to make it come alive for me and also so I can adapt it to make it work for me. And that's what I was thinking about when I started writing the KD Coach Foundation newsletters way back in 2019. I spent about 18 months writing these twice a month, thinking about all the ways in which I could communicate really clearly and honestly, briefly about some career shifting tactics, strategies, and perspectives that can truly change people's experience of their career. Now, let's be honest. Some of these were great. Some of them were good. And some of them were just a really good try. But what I've done is compiled them into a digestible format of all of the great ones. I want to be able to keep this knowledge going. I got so many messages over and over again about how much the newsletters were changing people's approach to their productivity, the approach to managing their sanity and their energy during the week, and their approach to thinking about how to translate the goals and the desires of their career into functional, actual actions in their day in and day out experience. If you're interested in any of that, I really encourage you to sign up for our newsletter, the Katie Coaching Foundations. It's free 99 and you can sign up at foundations. Once you sign up, you will get one of these top tier, best performing, most cited (laughs) newsletters from that period of time in your inbox every two weeks. I share these because I know, honestly, a lot of people are never going to sign up for Get That Grant. A lot of people are not going to be able to access the coaching we do because we're unapologetically focused on women of color faculty in academic medicine. But hey, I still want to help our entire field. I want to start a revolution. So if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely sign up at www.kemidole.com slash foundations to check out our career foundations series. 
Hello, hello. We are bringing you an episode today from a 30-day live stream Instagram challenge that I did in the summer of 2023, potentially quite recently, depending on when you're catching this episode. Our topics range for things that were very career-focused to things that were pretty personal and everything in between. We've curated some of the most popular ones or frankly, just some of my favorite, even if they weren't popular, to bring them to the podcast. And this week, we're dropping one for your ears. I hope you enjoy it. Talk soon. Bye. I think that this topic applies across the board, regardless of where you are in your career and what your situation is. As a woman of color, faculty member in academic medicine or public health, like this is not one of those things that's only about this person or only about this person, only junior faculty or only later. This applies to everybody. Before, one of the key things about ending a toxic mental relationship is accurately defining what is toxic. I feel like the word toxic is thrown around everywhere now in ways that are not helpful. And so I think it's really, really critical for you to understand like what you mean by that word. I think it's a good thing that we are doing a better job of acknowledging disrespectful behavior and relationships, but there's a way in which there's this like constant cycle of language. I don't know how y'all feel about this, where it's like we uncover like a concept or we're made aware of something like, you know, some of these professional relationships are really toxic, but then the word itself almost takes over and becomes a shortcut for all sorts of other things that are now not explored. So when I say toxic, what I want to say is that It is absolutely, some of us have struggled even applying that word to a mentor relationship because, you know, we might like the person. We might feel like they're supporting our career. We like them. So we can't even think about the word toxic. So even though nothing else is working out, even though the way they work does not work, even though we like them, but they provide feedback in a very disrespectful manner, even though they like cannot seem to show any kind of respect for any kind of timeline here, there, or anywhere, even though they push us to do work that we don't want to do, even though they don't give us advice that's aligned with the kind of career we're trying to make. Like, so even though all of those things don't line up, we have a hard time saying, well, this is toxic because we like them and they support our career. So the first thing I want to say is like, we have to be able to actually be aware of the difference between liking somebody professionally, having somebody say, yes, I'm here for you in your career, and the actions, the actual actions they take, and whether or not what you are receiving from them in the line of mentoring in whatever way that is, is tangibly and actually helpful. If all they are doing for you is introducing you to a person, that is not mentoring. And you don't need them to introduce you to that person. You actually are capable of speaking and introducing yourself to people. So that's just like one example. But I think one of the steps in this topic is recognizing toxicity, because I think it's really easy to recognize toxicity when it's just like blatantly abusive, exploitive behavior, which is, of course, incorporated into what I'm talking about. And nobody deserves that either. And that is also extremely common in our fields because we have valorized the idea of the white man genius who is also not really great with people as if like those two things go together and they don't, they don't have to at all. We've just enabled that nonsense. And then we let that trickle down to anybody else. So anybody else who's successful, anybody else who's brilliant in academic medicine or public health, anybody else who's wildly successful 
is like given this pass of being like a terrible person or not being able to communicate with people well or being rude or being egotistical and like we don't have to continue to buy into that stereotype like how many times do we have to see that that stereotype ultimately like at its core is just misogyny and racism so anyway trying to stay on track <laughs> so one recognizing that a relationship is toxic it can be blatantly toxic and we just deal with it because that's the norm or we can struggle to recognize toxicity because we like the person and because theoretically they support us even though none of the actions are actually helpful the reason why that kind of relationship is toxic is because both of you are pretending it's toxic to be in a relationship where everything's good and we're great but you're both pretending you're pretending that you're getting help and they're pretending that they're helping you girl that's not good for you like you're actually living your career. The time in your career is passing as you go along. It is toxic to be in a pretend relationship where you're not getting what you need professionally when time is passing and you could be using that time to actually get what you need professionally. So that's why I'm comfortable applying that word even if everybody likes each other. Okay, so that's in the arena of like being able to even accurately diagnose and recognize toxicity. Here's the other arena though, because I'm all about the nuance, right? There's not gonna be anything that's just a black and white situation. Here's the other thing. Don't go talking, don't go labeling your relationship with your mentor toxic before you've had a clear conversation. And this is where I need to refer you back to the previous live. I think it was day 11. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. The previous live where I talked about how to create effective mentor relationships and the number one step is to tell the truth. So don't jump over the uncomfortable conversation. Don't be making all these types of assumptions, right? Reading the tea leaves, reading between the lines and declaring something is toxic before you have had a clear conversation, i.e. before you have told the truth. Don't do that because that's also not helpful for you. You're also not going to get anywhere. And if you make a pattern out of declaring people or relationships toxic, without actually developing the skill of telling the truth and having clear conversations. You can also refer to episode, I think it's 114 of the Your Unapologetic Career podcast, How to Ask for Help. If you have not built up those skills and actually had clear conversations exactly about what's not working, what is working, what you need, et cetera, you also cannot label you know, go on labeling a relationship toxic and moving along because you will recreate that pattern over and over in your career. And every time somebody does something you don't like, and every time somebody misunderstands, or every time you misunderstand the way that somebody's coming at you or the way that they're trying to do the work, you will declare them toxic. I can't work with this person and move on. And girl, you're going to be alone. And none of us come into academic medicine to be alone. We don't come in to do this work by ourselves. I work a lot, like a lot of my clients are vanguards, like especially in our Liberate Leadership Coaching Program, like they are pushing the bounds of where they are. They are the first person doing the thing that they are doing. That defines so many of our clients, right? So like that's already the case that there's a level of isolation there because you're not just following any path. You are creating the path. But we didn't come here to do that completely alone. You want support. You want people that can help guide you in specific targeted ways, even though you are ultimately responsible for the bigger picture. So make sure that you are not prematurely labeling a mentor relationship as toxic because you have not developed the skill and you have not stepped out in courage to have a clear and honest conversation explicitly about what is not working, what you need, what you would like to see changed. That is a prerequisite to declaring that there's nothing that can be done. Okay.
okay. <laughs> so after all of that, sometimes the conclusion is I got to get out of here. <laughs> so sometimes the conclusion is this is not working. How do you know that that's the conclusion? When you have a clear conversation about what you want, somebody might be able to tell you, oh, okay, I understand. I can't do that for you. And now this actually isn't anything to get out of because you both realize it's not working. You move along. That's very possible. And sometimes we avoid a lot of drama and struggle if we actually just have that clear conversation. Both parties can face like, oh, this is not working. Like we can't give each other what we need. Let's part ways. And there's nothing to do. It's done, right? It gets harder when the response to your clear conversation, the response to your ask is still a no, but it's a no in a different way. It's a no that's I'm just going to get defensive. <laughs> I'm going to get defensive and retaliatory and not actually engage in conversation. Okay, so that's a no. They can't help you. Like if you can't have a conversation with somebody and they get defensive and retaliatory and you all can't get anywhere, that's not going to work, right? So people who shut down, people who get defensive without being able to be curious, people who are retaliating against you because you asked a question, you know, all of that stuff. Yes, those are toxic. And then, of course, there are like toxic, just straight up actions. But again, these should still be discussed. Taking your work, not giving you credit. That should be discussed. That's not a, well, they did it. There's nothing to say. No, you need to be like, hey, I noticed this happened. Was this intentional? Because this is how I experienced it. Are you going to go back and put my name on that? Like you can still have a conversation even about actions that seem really obviously bad. Okay, so... Assuming all of that has happened and you're like, nope, Kemi, like nothing respectful in that conversation, no way forward, have tried many ways, but I feel stuck. Like, what am I going to do? I'm trapped. There's nothing I can do. Like I did all of this, but I'm not in a better place because I can't get out. And I want to tell you, like the main step of getting out of toxic mental relationships is the true recognition that you can leave and be okay. Truly. It's really understanding, taking a moment to really believe and understand, like, I could lose everything I've done with this person. I could walk away and have to start all over again and be okay because I have me. Because I have value. I have talent. I have skill outside of this person's guidance, et cetera, et cetera. The main reason why people don't leave toxic mental relationships is because at, at the crux of that, they don't believe that. At the crux, they don't believe that that is true. And I understand why you don't believe it's true because all of our culture tells you you need to go find your difficult genius to follow and do everything they say and that's how you're gonna get ahead. But that is never how you're gonna build the career that you want on your terms. So recognizing as terrifying as it is that you could lose everything and be okay will help you move forward because the likelihood that you will lose everything is actually really low. That's the thing. If you can face it, that's good. But the likelihood that you will actually start from absolute zero scratch is very low. What you will do when you realize, okay, I do not need this. I am going to take steps to leave. I am going to leave this lab. I am going to leave this institution. I am going to start over. I am going to recreate my mentor team. When you start to take steps to do that and you're ready to be like, I might have to start from scratch, what you actually will do is for probably the first time, you will actually be able to clearly see where your work value is, where it begins, where it ends, and where they came in and where that ends. And that is so helpful for you because now you understand what you're building on. Now you're not building on a pile of sand, which was basically being in good favor with somebody who refuses to treat you with respect, who refuses to try to work on a relationship to make it work for both parties. 
that was never a long-term solution for you. So believing that you can leave is a really important step because that will help you elucidate like, okay, if it's true that no matter what happens, I'll be okay. If it's true that even if I had to start from scratch, I would be okay. Now, what is the first logical step? That's it. Like that's how you leave. That's how you end an ineffective mentor relationship. I will be okay no matter what. Even if I have to start over, I will survive. I will not only survive, I will thrive because this path is only a career dead end for me ultimately. Even if it leads in success, it's a dead end for me because I will burn out and resent this. So it's not going to work. So once you really understand that, then the alternative is the only path. And now you can take steps forward. There's a calming that happens in your spirit. There's a relaxation that happens of like, okay, this is what it is. It is what it is. What makes sense to me as the first step? Give yourself credit. Give your problem-solving brain credit because you will be surprised at that moment of true acceptance and calm. And then you give your brain the task. All right, what's the first step? How are we going to do this? The ideas will start to come. Okay, I think the first thing I need to do actually is reach out and establish a connection with a couple of other people. This other project I have that I haven't even like kind of brought to the forefront, I'm going to go ahead and establish some connections with some other people about that just so that can be moving forward. Number two, maybe you're making a decision about like an upcoming paper or conference or whatever that's going to go left or right, depending on if you're really doubling down in this relationship or not. Number three, maybe you're thinking about before I catastrophize, let me actually assess what my funding situation is. Let me actually assess that. Okay, I'm on a diversity supplement that has 13 more months to go. I have this to complete that is tied to this mentor's project, which I can do, I'm capable of doing. And I'm gonna start planning right now, 13 months before the time. I'm gonna start planning right now that my next grant is gonna be independent of this group. And I can do that and I'm capable of that. So let me start planning right now. Okay, so the steps will come to you. Oftentimes when people are like, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? Underneath that question is really, how can I believe that it will be okay? And what I say is like, there's no how to that part. There's no how to believe it's okay. It's recognizing if you continue on the path you are and you don't see a future that you actually want, then you have to choose differently. That's not a how to believe. That's just being courageous. All right, y'all have a great day. And um, remember that you are all that you actually need. Bye. Hello, I'm coming through to remind you that we are starting a listener letter segment on the Your Unapologetic Career podcast. Write in with questions that you have. You can ask me anything. I will decide what I want to answer. You can bring forth challenging situations or suggest topics you might want to hear more about. To do that, you can reach me at podcast at kdolcoach.com. That's podcast at kdolcoach.com with your questions. Please note if you'd like to be anonymous, and I will always do my best to keep you so. Excited to hear from y'all. 